The Infertility Podcast is a place of inspiration for every season in life, a resource where listeners can be encouraged to push past obstacles and be motivated by individual stories. The premise of infertility is understanding the season you are in and realizing that there are strategies that can be implemented to enjoy a fertile season. Now on with the show. Welcome to another episode of the Infertility Podcast. Today, I have another special guest. Our husbands grew up together, and also she grew up with my husband, um, and we have all been connected as family. And she's also a fellow podcaster, and we'll get into all of that in a minute. So, Herdeen, thank you so much for joining Thank you, sis, for having me. I'm so excited and honored. I get tickled every time someone allows me to get on the grief mic and just advocate for grief. Yep, yes. advocating for grief. Yes, I love it, love <laughs> it, love it, love it. So um, before we get started, um, Herdeen, can you provide a brief you know, introduction of yourself, who you are, what you do, um, and any like personal, professional highlights that you would like um, for us to know before we get into our discussion tonight. I am her Mercier. I am a licensed clinical social worker, certified grief coach. I'm a mother. I'm a wife. I'm a daughter. I'm all of these things, right? Yes. But I am a woman who has found her purpose. Mm. And there is no greater joy than when you wake up in the morning and know that you are purposeful living. And yes. it makes every other title better. Oh, yes. You know? It makes every other title better because I strongly believe one of my biggest fears is, is that I will die with all my gifts. Mm. But the moment that I found my purpose, I have been able to really show up in life in a way that's never, like I've never done before. And it's created opportunities where I get to talk about what I love. And it's this thing that I've obsessed, I've really obsessed about since I was a kid uh-huh. and didn't even realize that. It's grief. It's heartbreak. It's seeing people who are stuck in a cycle of hurt Mm -hmm. and don't know how to get out of it and they're being robbed. So I get to do this through avenues of television interviews, radios interviews, podcast interviews, articles. um, But most importantly, nothing like the grief mic on my home on the podcast called Redefining Grief with her dean. Mercier, because I want people to know that once you create, and that's what I'm known for, <laughs> I create safe spaces that are non-judgmental, so broken hearts can be seen, heard, and validated, and purposeful living restored. Amazing. Yes, yes, yes. And before we jumped on to um, you know, record this podcast episode, we're talking about how um, grief is similar to infertility in the sense that it is a taboo subject. Um, And so I am so happy that you have given a voice to grief. Um, It is definitely a topic that uh, needs to be uh, discussed. Um, And also the fact that grief can manifest in so many areas. Um, I just earlier today put out a poll um, which asked, you know, is grief only experienced when someone passes away? And the results of that 
and you know, it was a yes or no. The results of was a resounding no. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. grief um, can manifest in so many different ways. And so before we get into the questions in our our dialogue, I wanted to first um, define what grief is, and then we'll see how it incorporates in everything that we're going to discuss tonight. So grief. I love defining grief. Me too. You know, and I want to do it because this is your. Yes, let me do it because I know there's a lot of things in print. Yeah, and I can't have you putting information out there that is not correct. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So, so grief is this normal and natural reaction to any loss, Mm -hmm. hair loss, grief, Mm -hmm. job loss, grief, moving, grief, yes, pet loss, grief, yes, um. Not being able to have a child, infertility mm-hmm. issues, yeah. grief, Definitely. right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's a heartbreak. Mm-hmm. And so you have to define what has broken your heart and then give your permissions to give yourself permission to then heal. Yes. And I know your poll said, you know, overwhelmingly that individuals said, no, it's not just death. However, when they go through it, they don't stop to say, oh my God, I'm grieving from this breakup. Yes. I'm grieving from, oh shoot, I've been best friends from with an individual for 25 plus years and I realize she no longer fills my cup. I'm Come grieving. On. Come on. I'm grieving that relationship because I had already dreamed mm-hmm. and hoped to see us in our rocking chair. Yes. But the truth is, it ain't going to work, sister, no more. And the reality and what you um, expected is not matching. It's not matching. And so yes. grief is an internal conflict that happens. Yes. Great dissonance. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think um, this is something definitely I've been dealing with. And I think I've talked about this in previous episodes that Woody and I are in counseling. And one of the exercises that we went through was, you know, oh, we talked about this last episode, what, um, what we pictured our life to be as far mm-hmm. in regards to, you know, fertility and having children and mm-hmm. what it's become. Right. Mm-hmm. And so dealing with that grief and that dissonance. Mm-hmm. Um, that disconnect between mm-hmm. those two um, and how to move forward and how to press, you know, press forward. Um, the other thing I would like to add based on everything that you said, which is perfect, because like you said, what's written on paper is not actually what it is, you know, mm-hmm. but one of the things in the definition I think that we need to highlight is it's a deep sorrow. Yeah. And um, people are suffering in silence. But it's a deep sorrow, and the reason people suffer in silence is because they think it's not natural. Right. It's true. That's where, they, that's where the pain happens. Mm-hmm. They think there's something wrong with me because I have a broken heart mm. for this particular situation. You know? Yeah. Compounding for this topic, compounding with feeling judged that they're mm. not able to conceive, they grieve that. It can be isolating because mm-hmm. you'll find that sometimes now you don't get invited to baby showers mm-hmm. because people don't want don't you to offend. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So it can be a very isolating experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can feel very alone because the, the difference is you're mourning. But typically when someone dies, we gather at the home. Yes. We're with the person. We're supporting the person. But you're mourning a different type of loss. 
Yeah. You're mourning two things. And I just don't want to put it in a box. Everybody's different. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, you are mourning the hope and the dream and the loss. Yes. Of the mis you know, the miscarriage or whatever, or seeing your cycle. And that represents, oh my God, here's my cycle again. Yep. So that's telling me no baby. Mm -hmm. So you have a monthly mourn that you go through in the hopes and the dreams, the highs and the lows mm -hmm. of this whole process. Yes. And I think and then the isolating feeling comes because you feel like you're alone. Who do you go to talk to? Because the people you go to talk to tell you trust in God. Yes. You're not saying you're not trusting in God. <laughs> you just want somebody to hear you out. Yes. Just listen to me. That's yes. all you're saying. Just, just listen to me. I, I have all these bottle up feelings of rejection. My body is rejecting this process. Mm -hmm. And I need someone to listen. Not give me advice. Right. Right. I need a place to put my feelings. I need a place for my words to fall on somebody's ear mm -hmm. and just feel supported. Right. Yeah. And you touched on something that's big is it's a monthly reminder, you know, mm -hmm. um, whereas with other things, you know, that first couple months is really really hard but you find a way to kind of like push through you you hold on to memories you hold on to different things and then you know with dealing with infertility you get that monthly reminder like hey is that's not where it's at sis you know there's that dissonance again mm -hmm. um and you're just grieving that process and so um i wanted to ask you um to give us a little insight about your podcast and why you started and why you're so passionate about it. Um, besides the fact it's my life calling. And I think one of the episodes I talk about my story, my passion, I believe the episode is called where I talk about since the time I was seven or eight, if my parents would leave me, if I knew they were going to a funeral, I had had a whole funeral outfit and I would get dressed and I would go. I literally became obsessed with a, attending funeral services, not because of the body. I was, even thought I was going to be a mortician because, but I realized I was going to gather the story. Mm. You know, one of my scriptures or one of my favorite scriptures, it says it is best to go. It is, it is better to go to, um, a house of mourning than it is to go to a house of feasting because death is the destiny of everyone in the and the living should take it to heart. Mm. Clip note version is better to go to the house home going service than it is to go to a party. Well, yeah. well somebody. And so what I was doing as a little child, I was creating life lessons. And in those life lessons, I was using the deceased stories, their success and their losses mm -hmm. to, to kind of gather um, their stories to create some wonderful information that I feel would make my life a lot better mm -hmm. because they were here, right? And so it was later on in life when I, I realized, oh, I'm not supposed to be a mortician. I, I worked at the funeral home. It wasn't working for me. But I want to create a safe place mm -hmm. where people can be heard without judgment and can be provided the tools to heal without fear and be provided the tools so that grace can be possible yes. for them. Yes. Because oftentimes we look in the mirror 
and we are too hard on ourselves yep. and do not give ourselves permission to heal. Right. And, and, and I don't want to blame anyone, but when I say like our parents weren't equipped to teaching us how to grieve mm -hmm. because their parents did not teach them how to grieve. Their parents did not teach them how to deal with heartbreak. Oftentimes, if you can imagine as a child, you would come home and say you had a bad day at school. You're typically met with, let's go get ice cream. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll make your favorite dinner tonight. It's instead of dealing with the emotions of what's going on yes, and then having them talk about it. So at our dinner table, it looks about, let's talk about your feelings. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about COVID-19 and not being able to finish out the school year and having my children use the, I feel statement, yes. you know, you know, even in my sessions with my clients, they use, I feel statements. Mm -hmm. And at first it's very awkward for them because nobody has really cared about their feelings. Cause mm -hmm. oftentimes as a child, we are taught you cry, go to your room. Mm -hmm. You don't cry around people, you know, no one wants to see your tears, but I really do believe God gave us these ducks, you know, so that the tears can run down and the community yes. of people can be there to support us. Yes, yes, yes. And you brought up so, a good point of yeah. your children as well, you know, going through um, this pandemic and then not being with their friends at school, you know. Mm -hmm. And I feel like even in the midst of the, the pandemic, um, we've seen a prevalence of grief. And um, why do you think that is? I wanted to get your insight and your opinion on that. Why do you think there's a prevalence of grief even now um, in dealing with um, COVID-19? I think there's been a prevalence of it because people have never really some, you know, sometimes when you get caught up in that hamster wheel of life, right? Yes. You're caught up in that hamster wheel of life and, and being caught up in that wheel, you've never really taken the time out to stop and look at you. Right. Mm -hmm. And so your normalcy is gone. And so people are grieving their normalcy in life, yeah. whether it's running away from the problems in your families by going to work. Some people are grieving because they've never really dealt with their, they've never really dealt with their internal pains. Yeah. And so how they mask their internal pains is by their job titles mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in their job parking slot space mm -hmm. in that illusion of I'm happy. I've made it. It's gone. Mm -hmm. I've made it. It's gone. Right. Mm -hmm. And so now you really have to stop and be silent. And what I realized people don't like to be silent and it's causing people to grieve and look at patterns. Um, that could be very scary for them if they don't have someone to help them process it mm -hmm. in a healthy manner. Definitely. Matter. And I think one of the things in just me redefining grief for people, I think I'm on a campaign through, I call my community grief, grief crusaders is educating people that grief is a normal and natural reaction yes. to any loss. Yes. Got to keep reminding people it is normal and it's natural. We are not going to come through this life process yes. and not experience some heartbreak because at the root of grief is a heartbreak yes and how you dealt 
with your first heartbreak creates the pattern of how you deal with every heartbreak after that. Yes. And for this podcast, the very first miscarriage or the very first time you saw it, you probably never, you are probably, you are, you have probably now started to train yourself to say, I'm not going to get too excited. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be present in this moment because I'm fearful of what next month will bring. Yes. I'm fearful. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, um, you know, that I was, as I was reading and, and understanding, I, I tried to do, you know, research on this community and what individuals who are going through infertility um, are experiencing a present day. And one of the things that I read um, was, you know, in the beginning of the pandemic, you know, they, they stopped certain surgeries and certain procedures. It was only like, you know, specific mm-hmm. things that they were allowing. And mm-hmm. so a lot of individuals had to put their IUI and IVF, you know, processes on um, hold, mm-hmm. you know, appointments on hold. And so, you know, I'm putting myself in that situation if I was going through IVF and IUI and you're already in this infertility journey that you feel is like, never ending right Mm -hmm. and you have this hope that okay this can be this is can be the process that's going to get me to where i want to be and then it's on hold right Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of grief in in that you know Mm -hmm. um and i think as we look at what each person has really experienced in the past you know four to five months um, we can think of one thing that we're grieving, like the high schoolers mm-hmm. grieving the fact that, hey, I didn't have a graduation. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I didn't get to go to prom and all these mm-hmm. other things. Mm-hmm. Um, those who are grieving because they lost their job or they're on furlough. Um, and so each of us has a um, something that we can think of that we've experienced that has caused us grief. And so, mm-hmm. um, like you said, it's, it's, it's uh, important that we realize it is something that is normal, mm-hmm. right? And I love the fact that you're bringing a normalcy to this topic. Yeah, yeah. It's a normal process. Yeah. What is not normal is unprocessed heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Unprocessed heartbreak is common. And what I want you to know is that unprocessed heartbreak or unprocessed grief or unresolved grief keeps you from purposeful living. Mm. Definitely. It does. Definitely. And so one of the best things that you can do on your grief journey of infertility infertility is really giving it a name Mm -hmm. and understanding that every season, every day, um, is a different feeling that you may ex- um, that you may experience. Whether this month is hope that it didn't happen, you know, hopes around that whole process, right? Mm-hmm. And then the heartbreak that it didn't happen or loss around that. And another intangible thing that comes with grief is our faith. Yes, we grieve our faith because mm-hmm. we wonder. Well, I'm praying to God. What is going on? Why well, you is pray this for week? other people and it and comes you, to pass for them and you're still yes, in that season. Yes, yes. So you, you're wrestling with God, right? Yes, yes. You know, oftentimes I tell people my whole grief process and, and it's five anchors that are deep and I call them the grief anchors is very, the very first one is tell the truth about your grief journey. Mm. 
really do tell the truth about your grief journey. And if you can't find someone who can help you, right? Mm -hmm. Examine your heart. I'm talking about those feelings that you really feel. And sometimes what come out for people is like, I can't believe I would have been a better mother than they were. Why did God do it for them and not me? Mm. You need a safe place to really get that out. Mm -hmm. So I say that whole anchor, the heart anchor is really cleansing the heart of yes. the things that are broken, right? Yes. Those feelings that you feel that are keeping you really keeping you in bondage in a sense, right? Yes. The second one, the third one, I should say is connection. You need community to thrive, right? Yes. Yes. So helping you pinpoint, who do you talk to? Who do you not talk to? What do you say to someone? You know, yes. you do not tell them, well, you have other kids. You don't say that. Yes. You, know? you do tell them, well, you're an auntie. Be blessed. No, be grateful. No, you don't understand my journey. And so my thing is for you is just, if you do not know what to say, this is, let me give it to you clear. <laughs> you say, I do not know what you're experiencing, mm -hmm. but I can provide in here. Yeah of support right mm -hmm. okay and then the fourth one is that faith anchor right mm -hmm. anchoring down in your faith because oftentimes i think people want to run away from it yeah it is really you and god that's going to help you talk talk through this and and he really understands our heart and he wants to help us out but in order for us you have to be truthful right and then the fifth anchor is saying restoration, right? Mm -hmm. Restoration is that original piece of whatever that decision is that God had for you in your life. Yes. Right? Yes. And so, and taking all of that pain, if that is your assignment, and turning it into purposeful living that mm -hmm. you're doing, sis. You're turning it into purposeful living. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um. And we touched on this, this next question. Um, so there are a, a lot of many individuals who are dealing with grief, they experience grief on this journey of infertility, grief in, you know, having a miscarriage, failed IUI or failed IVF processes, um, failed adoptions even, uh, mm -hmm. and grieving what could have been, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I want if you can to to provide the listeners with some things that they can do to deal with grief in this specific area Ooh, so i just basically went through it and yes those you did i was just about to say that. <laughs> it, it's, it's really like really anchoring down in those anchors yes looking at the truth looking mm -hmm. at the heart um finding your community you know yeah um talking about that faith piece, you know, cause you need that word to help get you through, mm -hmm. but you have to be at an okay place with God really to have that process, whatever that process looks like. And sometimes for individual, it may look like you're very angry at God. Got to talk to him about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He knows our heart and then restoration. So that's what I would say. My process is for helping individuals understand whether it is the adoption that didn't go through, mm -hmm. whether it's the pregnancy that isn't happening, whatever you are feeling, you actually really have to start expressing it because it will manifest itself in other ways, maybe gain weight. 
maybe you overdrink mm -hmm. maybe you start smoking a lot more maybe you're eating more maybe you're exercising more mm -hmm. maybe that heartbreak is now making you work a lot more yeah because you feel some some individuals might feel like they are a, a failure and you're not mm -hmm. but you may be feeling that so you want to compensate in other areas of your life yes Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely. Um, and for this next question, you've you've answered it, but I still want to ask it in case there's something else you want to add. Um, mm -hmm. I have a lot of listeners who are not in the season of um, dealing with infertility, uh, and they are just trying to find ways to navigate supporting other people. Uh, so what words of advice would you give with that friend, that family member who has someone who's, you know, going through this process of grief? Um, what can they do? I think if you look at even something that we can all kind of, um, you know, find a common ground and understand is when someone passes away, sometimes we don't know what to say. We don't know what mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. um, and I found that a lot <laughs> in dealing with this journey is that people don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. They don't know if they should bring it up. They don't know, you know, maybe they feel that, oh, if I continue to bring it up, um, she'll know that I'm supportive, you know, I'm supporting. But on the other side, that person is like, okay, like I'm kind of over talking about it. So how do you kind of balance if you're that friend and that family member who's trying to support someone going through um, infertility? I think you support that individual by anchoring down in the truth of that relationship. Mm -hmm. And what do I mean? Um, having an op and open and honest conversation with your friend may look like this. Hey, um, it's July. I know this, this is the second year since you've had um, your last miscarriage. How can I support you in this season? Mm-hmm. I just want to let you know that I'm here to talk about anything. If anything's coming up for you, I'm available to be that ear mm -hmm. just so that I can listen. You know, yeah. it's simply being there mm -hmm. and talking about the elephant in the room. Yes, definitely. And oftentimes people do not want to talk about it because people are afraid of being wrong. Mm -hmm. And so if you're afraid of being wrong in this situation, this is the perfect line. I don't know what to say, but I want to support you in this season. Mm -hmm. Can I bring a meal for you on Wednesday? Mm -hmm. Do you want to go out for some drinks for happy hour? Mm -hmm. You know, do you want to talk about it? Mm -hmm. It's giving that person permission to be themselves in their emotions yeah. freely. Yes. And I think another thing is I'm really big on love languages. Um, mm -hmm. When you know someone's love language, you, you know what they are looking for. Mm -hmm. um, and even if you don't know their language, love language, or maybe your love language doesn't match um, what the other individual, you know, an individual is, um, you can do what you're comfortable doing and one of the things mm -hmm. I, I want to say is like when I had after I had my first miscarriage my sister rallied my immediate family um and was like okay everybody we're gonna chip in we're gonna make Danielle and Woody you know a basket you know mm -hmm. her love language is, is acts of service mm -hmm. so she put like aloe socks candles um mm -hmm. 
a diffuser, all these little trinkets that it wasn't, you know, crazy expensive. Um, but it was just a thought and, and a book. Um, it was just a thought behind what, um, you know, what they, what they did. And also I think it goes even greater when somebody is going through grief, you're acknowledging Thank that you. you see that they're grieving. Yes. And another thing I would say is you do not, let me repeat this again. You do not ask, what can I do for you? Or say on Wednesday at five o'clock, I am going to provide your family meal and you do not show up. Mm. because yeah. oftentimes the griever does not want to be a nuisance right yes yes they don't want to bother someone but the moment they let they let their guards down mm -hmm. and saying i am going to receive help come hell or high waters you better come through yes even if you're not eats that move that thank, food. <laughs> thank you thank you and if you're not going to show up, guess what? Don't ask. Right. Because they got enough to deal with emotionally right now mm -hmm. than another individual letting them down. Okay? Yes, definitely. Very, very good. Mm -hmm. All right. So um, the next thing I'm going to talk about is the fact that we mask grief. All right? Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted to first touch on um, are there signs that we can be aware of when trying to support others like are there things that we can kind of pick up um you know going through you know our relationships our friendships to see that okay this person is grieving you know um i think that immediately you know the person you think okay like they had a, a miscarriage or they had a death in the family that first month second month is gonna be you know, really tough. So those telltale signs are there, but there are times where these feelings of grief manifest even later on. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. what are some signs that we can be aware of when we're trying to support other people? All right. Well, let me start off by educating the public and letting them know that one of the myths about grief is that time heals all wounds, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. That doesn't work. Even in this community, time does not heal our wounds. Mm -hmm. And so what I want you to know is you will have grief flare-ups, yeah. and that is okay. Mm -hmm. Give your permission. Oh, I'm grieving, right? I'm grieving. And so what do I know about grief when I'm grieving? I need to make sure I have healthy coping mechanisms to get me through this grief season, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You know, oftentimes people think, well, it's been five years. It's been 10 years since that miscarriage. You still talking about that? Mm -hmm. How rude. <laughs> Do you understand? It was yeah. their dream and they still can talk about it. How many people we know married and still talking about day X? Hello, right. somebody. Right. So <laughs> it does come up and just giving people that grace. But the mask is you, you got to know your friends, right? Yes. And in knowing your friends, you know when they're putting on the mask. But some mm -hmm. people are really good about their mask. And it's watching their body language. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, for an individual, it can be them losing weight. For another individual, it can be them gaining weight. Mm -hmm. If they're an emotional eater, right? Um, 
you had this friend who loved to go out, but all of a sudden around certain seasons, maybe the holidays or the anniversary of a loved one passing, mm -hmm. the you know, that date that the miscarriage happened, they may have a flare-up, right? Yeah. And it's, and it's just checking in on them, watching their body language, the things that they're saying, and you talking about the elephant in the room. Yeah. Because sometimes they don't even realize it was that around that time that this happened. Mm-hmm. So, so just being aware of the season that your that your family member is in. Yes, definitely. Um, and even talking about uh, masking grief, um, you know, you have to be self aware. You know, so how do you identify grief within yourself? Um, because you may not be self aware. You may feel like, okay, if I get if I stay busy, then I won't be thinking about this. You know, but you're not dealing with the root you know, cause or the root issue. So how do we identify grief within ourselves and become more self-aware? This is such a good question that it takes, it really would take a lot of la layers to really peel back on. Mm -hmm. And the simplest, the simplest answer that I can give you that in order for you to peel back, you have to really look in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And be vulnerable enough to say, my attitude has changed. Mm -hmm. I'm cranky. I'm moody. I'm staying in the bed a lot longer. I'm eating a lot more. I'm drinking a lot more. If I'm a smoker, I'm smoking four packs a day, three packs a day, mm -hmm. where I used to do one or three. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's you really looking at your in the mirror and doing the internal work and saying something is off. Yeah. I'm yelling at my kids if I have any, you know? Yeah. I'm yelling at them a lot often. And start really looking back. And if you have no idea, I really do recommend a consultation mm -hmm. so that you can really be talking about things. Because if, if you don't know how to give it a name, you will go undiagnosed, right? Yeah, yeah. The reason our doctors are able to help us when we have symptoms in our body is because we go to them and we say, you know, my, you know, my, I feel a spasm in my arm, these types of things. We're able to express those. Yeah. But if you don't go to a therapist who you can say, these are the things that I've been feeling, mm -hmm. they, they, they even give you assessments that you can take then to help pinpoint, oh, you have this. Okay, then now we can properly help you in the right path. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Very, very. You got to think about a therapist as being your healing partner. Yeah. Therapy mm -hmm. is so necessary. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so necessary. Um, and that's another thing we need to really push to normalize. I think, you know, in the past couple of years, there have been great strides in that area, um, but we need to continue that focus in normalizing um, therapy and counseling um, because it's very, very much needed. Mm -hmm. um, are there any closing words or words of advice that you want to leave, um, leave the listeners with um, before we close? I think the closing advice is give yourself the space to do the internal work of healing without judgment. Mm -hmm. You know, oftentimes one of my, a three letter word that I love the most is by, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. We, we don't know how 
how to say bye to things or emotions that do not no longer serve us. Mm -hmm. We don't know how to say goodbye to the stories that we use over, over in our head of why we're not successful in life or why we're not moving on in life in a proper and healthy way. But goodbye really is an opportunity to have closure. Yes. And for me as a child, this little girl that would attend funerals, I strongly am, I am very much aware. I understand stand fully that one day I am going to say goodbye to the love of my life, Jameson. Mm-hmm. One day I may have to say goodbye to my children or my children will have to say goodbye to me. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause this life isn't perfect, but the requirement of living it is. Yeah. And so being comfortable in saying goodbye to the dream and hello to another opportunity is life changing. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's life changing, yes. and you may need help in certain areas and mm-hmm. learning how to say goodbye because we really have never been taught the blessing and honor of saying goodbye. And because I know I'm going to say goodbye to something, a career, a title, a chapter in my life, I take every moment that I'm in it very precious. Mm-hmm. Um, when your spouse leaves you in a day, it's an honor when they tell you goodbye because mm-hmm. the hello the next morning is not guaranteed. Right. So good. So good. So good. So good. So special thanks to you, Herdeen, for joining um, this episode of the Infertility Podcast. How can we connect with you? I know we talked about different sessions. You talked about your podcast. If you can say, you know, everything that you offer, where to find you on social media, that sort of thing, so that we can stay connected with you. Um, my very first hub of everything all about me is HerdeenMercier.com. HerdeenMercier.com and on all social media platforms, HerdeenMercier. But where I really like to play is Instagram. (laughs) So you can find me there. I'm on Twitter. I'm on all of these places. And really, I'm on the grief mic a lot on the Redefining Grief podcast where I share everyday life stories of individuals who have gone through a heartbreak and decided at the end, I still have purpose. I Mm -hmm. did not let that heartbreak define me. I took that heartbreak, that sorrow, that pain, and I turned it into a life lesson, not just for myself, but for the next generation. And what great legacy is that? Yes. Amazing, amazing work. Thank you. And I will tell you this. I will tell you this. On my website, Herdeen Mercier forward slash resources, your community can go and get a free book of 61 ways people grieve. Yeah. Um, and tips and information because I believe the moment you understand what grief is, you will pinpoint your first heartbreak and your childhood, your first heartbreak in your relationship, your mm-hmm. first heartbreak with your parent, your first heartbreak in a you know, with your, your children, whatever that heartbreak is, you will pinpoint it and then be doing the necessary work of healing. Yes, definitely. And one of the things I've been driving home this year has been, you know, doing the inner work necessary to be the best version of you. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And then you do offer um, sessions and consultations as well. And all that information can be found on your website. 
That is correct. Thank Perfect. you. Yes. Awesome. All right. So be sure to um, connect with her dean. Um, again, this is a topic that needs more exposure, more discussion. And so I'm so happy that we had the opportunity to do so uh, this evening. And I want to thank you all for tuning in to this episode of the Infertility Podcast. Ciao. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Infertility Podcast. Be sure to connect with me via social media. You can find me on Instagram at I am Danielle Joseph or on Facebook, Master Mentor and Minister. Or you can visit my website, which is www.iamdaniellejoseph.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.